Welcome to episode seven of the Banana Stand podcast. I am Joe Aguirre. We're going to review episode seven in God We Trust. Michael is desperately trying to get rid of Barry Zuckercorn as the family's attorney so he can get George Sr. out of jail. Well, I'm a professional. I'm serious and I'm a professional. That's fantastic. So how long have you been... I also don't like small talk. I find that unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Why should I be billing you for small talk when I'm enjoying it as much as you are? Then this must be a freebie because I'm having a ball. (laughs) When you're ready to get serious, give me a call. No, 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 no. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm serious. I'm ready. Good. If you retain my services, I will get your father out of jail, and we will be countersuing before the end of the year. We're going to get this company's name back to where it started. Or hopefully higher. I didn't say that. Don't hold me to that. I won't, and I appreciate that to a wonderful degree. My mother is on her way up here, and and she's uh, resistant to the idea of hiring a new attorney. If she even sees you, she probably won't come in the room. I shall duck behind the couch. What a pro. Oh, um, there's a big bowl of candy in my office. Why don't you go eat it? Wayne Jarvis, attorney at law. I have a responsibility to tell you that there is no candy in this office. Lindsay. Meanwhile, most of the people of this family could use a geography lesson. Maybe, too, continued to try to teach her parents a lesson. Okay, so I printed the fake airline ticket from my computer. My parents missed this. I really might go to South America. That says Portugal. That's right. Maybe's parents didn't find the ticket, but Job did. Portugal. Which confirmed his suspicions. Gonna live it up down old South America way, huh, Mikey? Season 1, Episode 7, In God We Trust, Michael desperately wants to get rid of Barry Zuckercorn, who is a wonderful person, but possibly the worst attorney in the history of the world. This is the same man who had already told George, a husband and wife, can't be charged with the same crime. And uh, what that actually is, is that a husband and wife can't be forced to testify against each other. So Barry was close. (laughs) He had the right idea. Uh, Barry also tells them he can get George out of prison for $10,000 for an afternoon for the pageant. Not great. Yeah, not great. But for Barry, I mean, that's very impressive. But then the family refuses and Barry leaves. And then this is really the start of all the drama for the episode because Michael wants a more professional attorney that... You know, doesn't make mistakes like, you know, husband and wife. And knows the law. Right, exactly. You know, one that actually took the bar exam, which (laughs) this will actually come back later because um, Barry Zuckerhorn didn't. Yeah, we will later find out. Right, when I looked back at this episode, I did a bit more research and I totally forgot that Barry had not gotten his bar or had not taken the bar himself. So Michael goes out and tries (laughs) to get this new attorney. Um, who's a very serious and professional man. No, if he describes himself in one word, it's just professional. That's right. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, all, all, as all this is going on, Michael and Lindsay are growing closer together. You like to see that relationship finally start to uh, spread its wings, and they realize it's because Lucille hasn't been around. Correct. And just like that. So 
it all started because Lindsay had asked her mother for some money to pay off her credit card debt. Lucille refused and Lindsay was incredibly jealous and annoyed. So Lucille immediately started to manipulate and do what she usually does. And then she told Lindsay that if she wants something out of Michael, she's got to get him drunk, which becomes a thing this episode and actually comes back later. After Lucille goes after Lindsay and tries to turn her against Michael, Lucille then manipulates Michael. And then he slips about Tobias's condition that Lindsay had told him in in privacy when they were drunk. Yeah, and my, Michael thought, kind of thought Lucille knew. As he, I don't think it slipped out as much as he said it because he thought he was speaking to someone who was also aware of it. I, I, I'm Am just, I wrong, I'm just, you think? I, I'm sh- I'm sure you're probably right. I'm sure every I'm sure Michael thought everybody knew in right. that it was common knowledge, seeing how serious he is. So, so when Lucille goes back to Lindsay, Lindsay doesn't want to believe that Michael would suddenly turn on her until Lucille points out he's a never nude. <laughs> Correct. So speaking of never nudes, that's gonna bring us somewhere. So it it's kind of nice because this really all ties in. So. George Michael is asked to be a part of the Living Classics pageant. And so part of his, I don't want to give too much about it because I really think this is one of the funniest um, episodes out of the whole show. For his display, he needs to wear like a muscle suit and he had tried it on and had put it under his clothes and maybe walked in and thought, he was like, she was like, hey, you look great. And he was like, oh, she thinks I look good. And then he kept it on. So later, Tobias offered to take the role for him, and he goes, um, Uncle Tobias, I have the muscle suit on under my clothes. He's like, I can't take it off. Yeah. And for Tobias, right. this is something he lives with daily. This is his psychological infliction. So for him, this was huge. This makes Tobias think that he, too, is never nude. And, you know, they're talking about it a bit more. I'll understand more than you'll ever know. You beat me right to it. I love it. That's a great line. And just, again, speaks to the Tobias tone-deaf character who just never gets it. Ever. Yeah, never. Ever, ever. Meanwhile, they they do meet with the attorney. Uh, Wayne Jarvis. Mr. Wayne Jarvis, uh, who we find out will then be accompanying... Lucille, to the Living Classics pageant. Oh, boy. And she doesn't realize that George is going to be there, that George is out for the day for the 10 grand. Right. And now comedy ensues is what happens from that point on. What a hilarious scene. Uh, George Michael, uh, of course, ends up sitting into the buster role in the Living Classics pageant, and... uh, well, yep, front is peace and all. He's he got everything. a little, he got a little nervous, I suppose, and he, um, he went with the cutoffs. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm really glad that that joke came full circle. You know, seeing that the first time with the cutoffs, I thought that was hysterical. And then, obviously, everyone in the audience is like, oh, "That's inappropriate. We can't have that here." And then they were asked to never participate ever again after that. Yeah, so, uh, man, this this episode is hilarious. George, of course, uh, decides, because now, last you remember, George wants to get out of prison in the worst way. Right. Um, he told uh, Michael and George Michael uh, he needed to get out of there, right. so he gets a chance, and he runs for it. Michael runs after him. 
Job chases down Michael. George gets apprehended. The family loses the $10,000, but you could have seen that one coming a mile away. Oh, of course. This was the, first of all, this wasn't going to be money well spent anyway. It never is. No. It would have just paid off Lindsay's debt <laughs> from probably all the crap she buys. Interesting scenario where uh, Lucille and Wayne Jarvis uh, accompany one another to the pageant. And uh, once again, his ability to uh, duck and cover. Hmm. Oh, yes. Wayne Jarvis, like we said, is a professional, which means he will do whatever is necessary to get the job done, even if that means hiding behind a garbage can or ducking in the corner of a room. I just, I think Wayne Jarvis is a great character. But speaking of him, that does bring me to my trivia question. Oh, what is the trivia question? Which actor plays Wayne Jarvis? Oh, are you really going to ask me his, his real name? Well, you took my other oh, question. Oh, it's, does he have a three-pronged name, I think? He sure does. Man, you get me every time. So, would you like the answer? I wonder if it would be funnier if the trivia was me asking you questions that you always get. <laughs> or is it funnier if it's you asking me questions and I always look like an idiot? See, I feel like this is embarrassing for you. But well, here's what you need to know. What's the fun in me always getting the right answer? What's no, the point, right. you know? I am um, I'm like Job. I feel no embarrassment. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, the answer is John Michael, John Michael Higgins. Higgins. Oh, there you I go. Knew it. See, you said it as I went, so I'll give uh, that to you. He's a really good actor, and he he's does a really good job on this in this particular episode, mm -hmm. and uh, and in other episodes. So uh, George Michael, again, I know you're not a huge fan, and I know he had gone from a ten. The George Michael meter was at a ten. Went to a five after last episode where, uh, you know, he kind of once again got into some of that cousin love that I know you hate. Correct. This time, uh, he's rocking the muscle suit. <laughs> uh, ends up, obviously, with the, with the right. cutoffs as well. But he's trying to impress maybe. Right. And does a lot of weird and says a lot of weird things. Uh, where is the George Michael meter scale? After this episode, I, I, can, I can't mm -hmm. imagine it's gone up. Well, obviously, you know, once you're 10, you really can't go up. I mean, there's no way to break the meter. But, well, I guess he was at 5. You know, going from a 10 to a 5 was pretty drastic, but that would just was not a good episode for him. This episode, however, I think I'm going to give him an 8. Now, oh, right? So, here's my reasoning for it. Because, you know... I wasn't at first crazy about, you know, him being in the ab suit for maybe, mm -hmm. but it also technically wasn't even intentional. He had just been wearing it. It was like trying it on and, you know, maybe didn't even realize it was a muscle suit. And she was like, hey, nice pecs or whatever it is. So for me, like that wasn't him like trying for it. You know what I mean? And also having to wear that ridiculous outfit in that frontispiece, I mean, he really deserved it. He had a, I mean, the never nude running joke this whole episode, I think, was really funny. And I think he did a nice job. But if you're happy with the number for today's episode, you're not going to like it next episode. That's where I'm going to leave that. But that's all for my George Michael meter report. A cliffhanger, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. Because it's going to go down like a cliff. And it's a TV show 
And you're teasing the next one. You, you see what I did there? Yeah. On the next Banana Sand Podcast. Uh, listen, a uh, funny story. You know, uh, a, a friend of the show uh, recently decided to start listening to this podcast and immediately realized that she didn't know uh, what our show was about because she had never watched the rest of development. Oh, really? And she told me, this is a person who I know who is a super motivated, go get em doer, 24-7, super mom, super businesswoman. That's awesome. And she said all she could do right now is watch Arrested Development. Aww. She is so hooked. She's like, it's the funniest show ever. Uh, so hopefully when she gets through all five seasons, she'll uh, get to this point and realize how much we appreciate her doing that and how glad we are. Yes, absolutely. I Thank said, you. if I tell Eden that we literally got a person hooked on Arrested Development doing this podcast, she will have said the whole thing is worth it. The whole thing is worth it. Yeah, this is just the best show that's, by That's a mile. what we're going for because, as you said, you know, the time slot initially when Arrested Development was with Fox, it just wasn't the right time frame for it. And I think just Arrested Development never really got the love or appreciation it deserves. I mean, I think we can all agree. I mean, this is an incredibly well-written, hysterical show. I was actually watching some interviews with Jason Bateman last night, and it was he was talking about his entire career and broke everything down that he's done. And he said that Arrested Development, A, was a life preserver for him and his career, which I was actually really shocked to hear. And then he said that um, Arrested Development was probably one of his favorite projects he's ever done. He seemingly had, I mean, he'd always kind of been around, but it had been a few years since uh, Jason Bateman did anything noteworthy. Correct. By 2003, he hadn't been incredibly relevant and anymore. And this, I mean, but again, is soon, I remember, like I said, I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, love Jason Bateman. Everybody liked Jason, like nobody doesn't like Jason Bateman. It was, it was easy to like him. And then to see the show and how hilarious it was, right. no-brainer. Well, and especially for you, because his career took off in the 70s, you know what I mean? I mean, even, well, then he was doing, you know, smaller commercials for, I like, you mean the serial. 80s. Oh, excuse me. Um, Jason well, Bateman po- no, nor I are that old. <laughs> um, he is slightly older than you, so possibly late 80s he was younger when he started his commercials, so it is plausible. And then, even from then, it was still commercials for a while, and then... I think he said he was 18, he did his first film, and then went from there. And I told you his sister was on yep, Justine Family Bateman. Ties. Correct. She was great and hasn't done anything in forever. But anyway, uh, we are on Twitter, at BananaStanCast. Love it if you gave us a follow. We're constantly uh, p- posting up uh, great information about the show, all sorts of really funny stuff. You can also check out the Banana Stand podcast on facebook where once again you'll always find uh, all the latest episodes uh links to articles and, and other funny stuff about the show uh you can also go to clovercrestmedia.com backslash the banana sand podcast thank you for saying that i thought maybe uh you had fallen asleep there you didn't seem no, like you were I... all interested you just went and revamped uh, the entire page i sure did i sat down here for Gosh, like an hour, and I played with how our website works, and I completely redid it, and I I really like how it looks now. I'm excited for it. So make sure you check it out, clubrequestmedia.com backslash the Banana Stand podcast. We're on all of your favorite platforms. Uh, If there's one that you're using that we're not on yet, send us an email. You can hit us right up, again, at clubrequestmedia.com 
backslash the banana stand podcast. What's your email? My email is Eden at clovercrestmedia.com. So if you have any complaints about the show or if there's anything that you need from Eden, that's the email address to hit. I mean, maybe not just complaints and needs. But, but mostly that. <laughs> mostly that. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for our review of Season 1, Episode 7, In God We Trust. This has been Episode 7 of the Banana Stand Podcast. For Eden Fritz Aguirre, I'm Joe Aguirre. Thanks so much. <laughs> We don't have the money, Pop. So there's money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! No touching!